News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number two of the Pete Callender Show. And joining me once again is Brad Slager. He is a writer at redstate.com, also a columnist at townhall.com, host of the podcast Liable Sources. And you can follow him on Twitter at Martini Shark. Uh, hey, Brad, how are you? How's everything going, Pete? Oh, you know, it's like a million degrees here. Uh, but other than that, uh, how's Florida? About the same, about the same. Yeah, <laughs> this time of year, the heat and humidity make everything miserable, so you got to go outside and be happy. Yeah. So your beat, uh, which probably doesn't make anybody happy, is media, right? The veneer of objectivity and nonpartisan journalism is wearing off, you wrote in your latest piece, uh, as media increasingly takes on the role of narrative pushing. Um and so you go through a number of examples. So let's start with the one that's uh, that's got everybody all the Twitter, and that is the J6 Commission, right? Um, you said you're constantly being told uh, how they're going to bring this sort of solid case. And I said at the beginning, like, they're not going to be able to have any credibility here because they didn't include anybody that's going to take an adversarial position. And sure enough, it seems like that's what we've got. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this has been um, an ongoing display, really, of where they keep insisting that there's a particular problem and they have something to present to us, but they never do. This is becoming less of a hearing and more of a telling because they haven't brought anything to the table. They just keep insisting to us that this problem is out there without showing what it is. But the media is directly on board with them on this as they continue to you know have these hearings that really come up with not much the press follows up by insisting to us that there is something there and nobody whether it's the hearing or the press can really show us anything tangible right and i thought you had a great line where you said this has been a pure case of insistence over revelation uh because i i've been watching it too and i'm look i i was i was open to hearing what the Mueller report found you know, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a more of the above. I want more information. Give me more options. I want to hear it all. I, that's my approach to this stuff. And so, okay, well, let's hear what they have to say. And I've I've been, I don't know, let down, disappointed. I guess I, I, I don't know. I, I I thought I expected there to be uh, a more compelling case. Um, let me. Uh, then there was the don't say gay bill uh, out of Florida. Your, uh, your stomping ground mm-hmm. down there is another example of this narrative pushing, right? Well, yeah, I mean, just look at the very fact that everybody in the media was on board with the uniform assessment that it was a don't say gay bill. They all said it, even though the bill did not say it. And it was just, I, I just sat back in wonderment as I watched whether it's you know, local, national, statewide, everybody in the press took exactly the same position to push an agenda. They weren't telling us what was in the bill specifically. They were just telling us what they wanted us to think about the bill. And it was remarkable to watch everybody take the same stance in the press. Yeah, they they just kind of adopt the branding that the Democrats provided them and then use that in all the headlines, even though even if they did get around to saying, you know, what the bill might do, although most did not. But in the rare occasions where they did tell you what was in the bill, it didn't say that. And so the headline serves the purpose for the Democrats. The next up, uh, next example you gave the uh, the Alito draft of the Dobbs case on uh, abortion out of the Supreme Court. Um, And you say journalists are working to provoke press releases 
from businesses, from corporate leaders. What do you mean by that? Yeah, this is actually a newer development that we're even seeing here because it used to be the press could rely on these press releases and report on them and use them as their motivation to put their narrative out there. You know, they weren't generating news. It was, hey, these companies said this, we're going to report on that, and they would go forward. But when Disney ran into their problems this spring in Florida, you know, when they took such a harsh stance and they met negative PR, their stock took a hit, polls showed people moving away from Disney, a lot of businesses have noticed that. So what they're doing is holding back on these press releases. So what's happened now with that Alito draft coming out, the press weren't getting those documents they required. So what they're doing now is going out to the companies to provoke it. They had CNBC reach out to a couple dozen companies trying to get them to put these out. Washington Post did the same thing where they went after all the gaming companies. When are you going to release your abortion comments? And nobody would really take a bite at it. And this is a case of the journalists trying to force companies to give them that material they're looking for. It's uh, it's really taken an activist position in the press. Right. It's it, it's a it's sort of an information laundering operation as well. It's I'm going to uh, contact this company and say, where's your statement on the abortion uh, case? And uh, and then I'm going to take that and, and push it. Obviously, if they say something uh, that I, you know, th- that I'm I'm fishing for, I can put it into the stories. And I just wonder uh, if they're not getting the kinds of reactions that they were anticipating, do they then sort of do they weaponize their following their following against these businesses? Have we seen that? Yeah, that's uh, we're, we're starting to see it more and more. I picked up two stories this week of that happening. One involved the NCAA, where a New York Times sports writer in the headline is implying that there's mounting questions about the abortion law. And are they going to move the college softball World Series out of Oklahoma? And the problem is, the only person asking the question was this reporter. (laughs) He went to the NCAA. They had no comment. He asked all eight of the head coaches that played in the tournament, and they wouldn't answer him, except for one who said, I'm not equipped to answer. And it was just a case of him desperately trying to go out and get a reaction, and everybody was doing the same thing. They were backing away. Then there was an instance in Pennsylvania where a local businessman was found to have donated to a political candidate, Doug Mastriano, who's running for governor. And the individual is a, owns Martin's Potato Bread Company. The Washington Post food critic was insisting there's a boycott of the company and went to numerous restaurants and such to get comment and are you going to pull away from it? He found one instance, and that was it. But yet he's announcing a boycott taking place. So does this, do you see this as a positive development that you, it seems like people are getting stiffer spines against those types of questions and they kind of know where it's leading. And so they are just not going to play ball. Yeah, that's pretty much what's taking place because Disney has become the shining example of what can go wrong. You know, they, they chose to enter the Florida controversy, paid a stiff price, both in PR and in the stock price. And I think a lot of companies have noticed that, and they said there's really no benefit to us making a comment about a controversial issue because you're going to lose customers on one side or the other. 
what's the motivation to do this? And I think it's a slow dawning has come across corporate America about that. Yeah. Uh, if only somebody had been able to warn them years ago, maybe, uh, some of this could have been averted. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, If only people had brought up this common sense <laughs> attitude before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brad, I appreciate your time. As always, Brad Slager. You could read his stuff at redstate.com. He's also over at townhall.com and his podcast, Liable Sources. Uh, have a great weekend, Brad. And yourself, Pete. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Thanks again to Brad Slager for joining me. You missed it. Rewind the podcast. That'd be really weird. Because it just auto-loads the hour, so that should have just shown up. First hour, by the way, is posted. First hour of the podcast at WBT.com. You can get it there, or you can go to uh, uh, the Pete Callender Show.com, and there's a subscribe button right there, and you can get all the platforms uh, listed for you right there. Um, last hour, we were discussing, uh, I mentioned the Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools uh, auctioning off all of the uh, uh, the clear backpacks that they bought in order to save all the kids' lives from the guns. But then they saw the warning label that California makes everybody put on their stuff, and it says, hey, if you eat these backpacks, you're going to die of cancer at some point. And they were like, oh, my gosh, we can't give them to the kids. So in order to save the kids from the cancer, but not the guns, I guess, they – uh, they they said they didn't hand them out and they they auction them off for like uh, like three cents on the dollar or something like that. And to me, it just sounds like you're now trying to give other people cancer. And Mike wants to know: uh, Will the kids be allowed to bring these clear backpacks to school if they buy them on the surplus auction themselves? That's I, no, that's a legitimate question. I. All right, so you're going to auction off all these backpacks. Can I buy just one? Or can I buy, I mean, I could buy 100 of them for $3, right? So uh, I just buy a bunch of the backpacks, and then I can give them out. Can I, am I allowed to enter the school with this backpack? Am I going to be spreading the cancer fumes everywhere? I got a message here from uh, Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus up in the mountains of North Carolina. He said, California cancer labels are idiocy. When I was having ponchos made, they had to be labeled to be sold in California because the materials, if eaten or if you burned them and inhaled the fumes in massive quantities, may cause cancer. That's what the warning label was. No danger at all if used as intended. Even Disneyland, the entire park, has a warning. Did you know that? The whole park. The only thing more ridiculous than these labels is the fact that the school officials got so scared of them. And then there's a picture here. Yeah, look at that. There's a big warning all around Disneyland because it's California, not Disney World, Disneyland. The Disneyland Resort contains chemicals known to the state of California to cause cancer and birth defects or other reproductive harm. Proposition 65. There you go. The whole park has a warning label. But but wait, we, we still don't know who was it that saw the labels and got so freaked out that apparently what they were able to convince the entire school district all the way through the board. How how has the board escaped mockery for this? That's what I'm here for. I am here to provide (laughs) the mockery for that decision. Just 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is what I call the zone of dumbassery. That's where we are here. The dumbassery zone. Are you are you for real? There's a warning. La- Do you know how many things have warning labels? On- Go take a look at a lawnmower for crying out loud. Do you allow lawnmowers on the school grounds? Oh, yes, you do. How about how about sports? Hey, have you read the warning labels on any of that football equipment that you're gearing up the kids in as they go out and fling themselves at each other? Risking lifetime injuries? Do you care at all about the children there? Just an idea. Just don't eat the backpacks. And uh, maybe don't burn them and inhale the fumes. I think if you just don't do those things, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be okay from the cancer. Now, I don't know about, you know, you're bringing the backpacks around. And and the idea was you got the, they're clear, so you'd be able to see all the weaponry. But I don't know. I don't, here's here's why I'm mocking it. At the heart of this is, I don't believe them. I don't believe that that's the reason why the backpacks were not implemented. I think they bought the backpacks, and I think they got cold feet for some reason. Now, I don't know why, but that's what my hunch is, and that's what I would be asking. Why did you actually do this? Because surely, surely, there isn't that many people in the dumbassery zone in CMS. At, at leadership levels, surely, you are not expecting me to believe that we have hit a critical mass of dumbassery at CMS leadership, that they would have actually done this and now auctioned off for pennies on the dollar, just basically blew half a million dollars on clear backpacks because they got scared by a warning label. Surely, surely not everyone has been infected at the leadership. Uh, obviously, they have. The answer is in front of me. I just don't want to accept it because I just... I. I cannot believe that it has spread that far inside the uh, the leadership structure. Has the state ever taken over a school district as big as CMS? I'm just just asking for a friend. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Email is Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Let me jump over here to uh, Tony. Welcome to the program. Tony, how are you? Hey, yeah. How you doing today, Pete? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Yeah, man. I heard you making fun of the uh, backpacks when they first announced it. You saying it was the stupidest idea that you've ever heard, but now you're criticizing them. Because they didn't use them. Well, that's so not what, true, Tony. What's, what's up? What's up with the flip flop, man? Oh, that's true. Go back and re- listen. I know to what I said, Tony. I know what I said because I see. Here's the here's the deal. When I approach no, Tony, Tony, ahead. Tony, this is <laughs> not gonna this is not gonna last long. And I'm a really patient guy, but this isn't gonna last long if you try no, to talk. See, see, you're doing it again, Tony. Just be quiet okay, for ahead. a moment, and I'm gonna tell you. Here's go the ahead. thing. Okay. I take <laughs> positions that I believe are true. And and therefore, it's easy, it's easy for me to keep them straight, which is why I know what you've just said is a lie. Mm-hmm. I've never taken okay, somebody else. Okay. Now, Tony, somebody else may have very well mocked the idea of the clear backpacks. But guess what, buddy? Wasn't me. 
Was it me? You, you know right? what I you know what I said, Tony? Because here's the thing. See, no, you can laugh, but you're just showing your own stupidity here. Well, well, let me ask no, 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 Tony, because I'm going to disabuse you of your dumbassery right now. I said I wanted a multi-dimensional approach. I said all of the above, whatever works, whatever is going to, whatever you need to do to make it work, do it. That was my position, and I take that position on all school safety matters. See, it's very easy for me to remember the things I've said because I believe them to be true. I'm not just saying stuff for... Right. What do you mean, right? You, well, Tony, you're wrong. Them. Tony, you're wrong. Okay, it's okay. If you, if you want to be right on that, fine, buddy. No, no it's not a matter of me wanting to be right. It's a matter of what is true and what is not. You go back okay, and find... You, go, you, you are free to go back and find all of the times I spoke about it. I know what I said, because I believe what I say. Okay, Pete, let me tell you what I called about that. I don't care what you called about now, Tony. Because no, so, what, now what you've done, Tony, is you've now, you've now sowed the field with lies. I have no interest in what you have to say, because you're acting in bad faith. I'm not acting in bad faith. Of course you are. You called in to you called in and lied about what I said. You came in with an assertion about what I said, which was not true. Don't remember. Don't worry about it. It's not a matter of me not remembering, Tony. Now you're just acting like a moron. Okay, let me ask you this. No, you don't get to ask anything else, Tony. We're done. See, that's how that works. And I warned you that was how it was gonna go. I warned you when you first got I said I'm a pretty patient. Oh, look, he already bailed. So I warned you I was a, I'm a pretty patient guy, but if you're going to call up and lie about what I say, I'm not going to have any patience to listen to anything else you have to say. And the kicker on this was that isn't even what he called in to talk about. He wanted to he was going to try to trap me on something else. Why should I have anything to do with any question from Tony after he lied? Now, maybe he just thinks all WBT talk show hosts sound the same, which is you know, kind of prejudice. But, but he, maybe he just thinks we all sound the same. We all say the same things. I don't know who said what about the backpacks. I don't. I have no idea. I've heard people email. Uh, I've got people in my Twitter feed that say that the clear backpacks won't matter. They won't do anything. Now, maybe Tony heard me read a tweet and thinks it's my opinion. But I always say, but I disagreed with people when they sent that to me. That's how I also know that Tony's lying. My position has been clear on the backpacks, on the metal detectors, right? All of those, whatever, when CMS said, we want to do this, and the parents were going down and they were saying, we want to do this. And some were saying, don't do that. Do this thing, uh, this other thing instead. My view on it was all of the above. You can take multiple approaches. You can have different layers of defense and security. Does any of this sound familiar to anybody who may have recalled this topic coming up? See, but Tony just wanted to lie about what I said and then tries to mock me for defending myself with truth. So that's why he's a bad faith actor. He's, he's engaging in a dishonest manner. So no, I don't have any in- intention to listen to any more lies come out of your mouth. Why would I do that? It's just a waste of time. So uh, let me go back to the story here on the uh, this is Brad Slager's piece on uh, reporters as activists. I thought this was he had a couple of really good lines. We had the interview with him at the beginning of the uh, hour. He said journalists are working to provoke with press releases to try to get companies to weigh in on topics that they otherwise might not have weighed in on. And 
previously in years past, they would. Years ago, right, the businesses would rush all over themselves, uh, you know, or fall all over themselves and rush to put out press releases that would say, you know, we stand with fill in the blank. But then they started getting blowback. He cites Disney with the don't say gay, uh, you know, self-inflicted wound uh, where they waded into Florida politics and they they got smacked down. They suffered repercussions for what they did for their political position. Right. Okay. So now you got businesses that look at that and they're like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be doing this anymore. And by the way, this is I've never endorsed boycotts. See, this is, again, when you have consistent principles and you espouse them consistently, you don't have to worry about morons like Tony calling in and saying, you lied about this. Why'd you flip flop? uh, It's a consistent principle. I don't sign on to the boycott idea. I don't think that they're particularly effective. At least they haven't been. But I also don't like my view on is if you don't like, you know, the talk show, if you don't like the TV show or the movie or whatever, then do not support it. Send the market that signal. And eventually the market will recognize that. And they won't they'll stop making content that people don't want to pay for. Right. Don't want to watch. Don't want to listen to. That's always been my view on it. So now you've got businesses that are slowly but surely, I guess, some of them are coming around to this idea. And they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't wade into these really controversial topics. So enter the reporters who are trying to push these topics and the companies to weigh in on them. He cited the Oklahoma abortion law. Oklahoma's got an abortion law. I don't know what it is, but they also host the NCAA's Softball World Series. And the headline is Oklahoma's abortion law raises questions about NCAA's Softball World Series. But apparently the only person that's actually raising the question is the reporter himself. That's it. This isn't something there's no push for this. Nobody would comment on it. Same thing with the, uh, he mentioned this bread company up in Pennsylvania. This is how reporters push narratives. And it's not just the reporter. They obviously pitched this story and they thought it was newsworthy. And this gets back to the original hour, the original question that all journalists are supposed to ask. Is this news? Is this news? Is it newsworthy? Should we devote resources to it? How do you cover the story? And when you're pitching that story, that reporter said, well, you know, Oklahoma just did this abortion law. You know, I should probably ask, you know, that World Series is coming and they're women. I can't define what a woman is, but they're women. And uh, we should ask them about this abortion law. And I'm going to try to tie this all together. Well, why are you forcing them to weigh in on a political topic? They're just there to play softball. This gets back to uh, that old adage. You will be made to care. You'll be made to care. Even if you don't care, you're just there to play softball. You're there to support your your daughter who's playing on one of the teams or friends or whatever, the school. You're just there to watch softball. But you'll be made to care about this other issue because I think you should care. And that's advancing a narrative. And that's what a lot of our journalists are doing. By the way, you know me, I'm all about solutions, which is why I was like, yes to the clear backpacks. But here's a solution. So let's let's use Tony's call as a as a as a a learning moment, a teachable moment, right? 
Tony called in and told Bernie, the phone screener and producer here, that he wanted to talk about some other topic. I think it was about Trump and Pence or something. So he wanted to talk about Trump and Pence. But while sitting on hold, he heard me reference a different topic, the clear backpack topic. He then changed what he was going to talk about. And therein lies the problem. First off, if you lie to Bernie about what you want to talk about, I'm going to dump you. I just don't like liars. So uh, if you lie to Bernie, I, I don't reward that kind of behavior. But I don't think Tony called in to, and lied about what he wanted to talk about. I think he really did want to talk about that. Hence, this is the teachable moment, right? Which is, don't change your topic. It's not going to go well. It's not. Rarely does it ever go well. You, you called in, you're, you're in a frame of mind. You're like, I have this topic and I want to make this comment about this thing. And you've been thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, right before I come to you, right before I put you on the air, you hear me talk about something else and you want to, oh, just let me comment on this other thing before I get to my other thing. No, it's not going to go well because you haven't thought it through, right? Had he thought it through, maybe he wouldn't have made the accusation that he did. It was, it was just kind of a lazy approach. He tried to, I mean, he, he tried to lie and he tried to assert it. And if he just insisted that I was somehow misremembering or somehow lying myself, and I, that's the thing. I, I, I know what my positions are. And if I change my position on things, for example, the death penalty, I've changed my position on the death penalty over the course of my life. So yes, you probably would be able to find me arguing one way or the other, right? Anyway, um, I had a couple of messages here on the clear backpacks. Michael says on Twitter, I guarantee that the school issued computers have a Prop 65 warning on them too. So we must take them away for the sake of the children. And along those uh, lines, I think I got one. Um, hang on, where did it go? Here it is from Melanie, who says, iPhones and Android phones carry the exact same Prop 65 warning. I wonder how many kids carry cell phones in school. Uh, yeah, doesn't that mean we have to ban all of the cell phones now from school, right? Not allowed to have any of them or else all the kids are going to get cancer. My goodness, they carry those things more than the backpacks, right? Um, Dennis says, I have to ask, who is the purchasing director for the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School Board? Did that person order all the backpacks without taking a look at them? I hope that person isn't in charge of ordering school buses. Yeah, I don't know. Not sure about school buses, but uh, it's possible. Um, no, I, I don't understand how that call got made. I kept waiting to see the reporting would somebody cover it would somebody explain it and nobody has and so i don't i don't know why oh wait winston now okay winston wants does a pd call hello winston what's up you're up hey i was listening to that exchange with tony but i tell you you could hear you were getting really uptight out here that's my view but anyway the we know the caller, the caller etiquette, being on hold. You're not allowed to change the subject matter. Oh, there is a caveat. If the host is speaking on subject matter while on hold, the caller does have the prerogative to shift into the subject matter at hand. 
And I didn't see any violation whatsoever. And I think that What are you he, talking about a violation? You were uptight because he changed the subject. No, I wasn't uptight call. because he changed the subject. It's, I've been very clear. The thing that angered me was that he said I was lying, and he was lying in that assertion. He lied. He got on the air and he lied. I told, I said, if you're going to call in and you lie to Bernie about what you want to talk about, I said, then that's I'm going to ditch you because that's not that's not cool. But that is not what I think Tony did. I said that very well, clearly. Wait, hang on, Winston. I said that very clearly. I said, I don't believe that that's what Tony did. I think Tony heard me talk about something else and then shifted gears. And then I said, just a word of advice, that usually never works out very well because you're thinking about the thing you called in. And when you try to shift and pivot into this other topic, that's when you usually make a mistake, which Tony did. I got I got uptight. I got uptight with him, Winston, because he lied about me. And I take that stuff kind of seriously, but I gotta run. I got news now. Uh-huh.